Can we just do one more to definitely start it? <laughs> <laughs> Please. You ready? Three, two. Two. One. one. Mate, I wasn't doing that out of sync on purpose. It's just, I think, delay. Okay, fine. Right, fine. go. Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hey. We're both guys. We're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Ooh la la! Oh, I've done that one already, haven't I? Right, move on. Okay, so on this... <laughs> look, I don't think anyone's keeping track of what ones you have or haven't used. They just know that they're always missing the mark, regardless of what ones you use. Um, yeah, but everyone's going to okay. know exactly what that is now. And they'll go, hey, that's the... That's the the classic Sully scream from. Uh, I lied. From Commando, not Sully, as in Tom Hanks. I lied. I lied. Although yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I do, maybe Tom Hanks does make that scream when he just touches down onto the wall. Maybe <laughs> he, 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 it's possible. Uh, it's not outside the realms of possibility. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is possible yeah it is possible so uh what have we got cuming up today or tonight Uh, okay so this is going to be the first in presumably a long line of schwarzenegger um themed podcast episodes uh so we're going to be kicking it off with seggy one which is going to be talking around the idea of the body counts in his movies and other people as well yeah just other just body counts in movies in general. All oh, right, well, that's news to me. And yeah, and uh, as you've probably gathered from previous Seggy ones, we eventually morph these into the deep dive. So the purpose of this is so I guess we can start bringing that kind of data into the Forex deep dive. You get data? Me? Hey, data. I don't know if the data's correct on that. Um, okay, so uh arnold schwarzenegger is the theme after we do our life scores and the intermission and whatnot we're going to be going into the early movies of schwarzenegger spoiler alert my my life score is absolutely banging (laughs) uh i'm sure people cannot wait to find out why okay shall we move on yeah Guys on film. Yeah, but guys, we'll talk about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. You know what guys talk about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. Saggy so one. Body counts. Now I'm not I'm not talking about the rap rock band starring Ice T. I'm not talking about the classic first person shooter on the last generation of consoles. <laughs> Sorry, do you, do you mean when you say classic? Do you mean ill-fated? Some may say a genre classic. <laughs> anyway, so we're, we're going to be talking about uh, movie body counts, low ones, high ones. You know that that kind of stuff. Ollie, what what do you mean by a body count? So a body count um, is the amount of people that die and it must be on screen in a film. It can't just be like, oh, Implied. well, well, like say for example, deep impact or, uh, where a meteor <laughs> hits the planet and then like loads of people die. And like, yeah. it's just implied that, that scores of people have died. I mean, 
you know, we're talking a body count in a film is on-screen confirmed kills. Kill confirmed. So my first, my first question for you. Um, I mean, it's not really a question. It's more of a discussion point. Rambo: First Blood. <laughs> um, it's not. It's not really a question. It's more of a discussion point. Was that when you realised? Oh, I have things I'd like to say about this as well. <laughs> okay, so listen, Rambo: First Blood. Are you with me? I'm with you. Have you seen Rambo: First Blood? By the way, uh, I saw First Blood. Uh, I don't know if I saw Rambo: First Blood. <laughs> <laughs> you prick. Uh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when it was when it was rebadged for the DVD market. Yeah, yeah. When, well, when sure. when they started selling all four of them in a box set, and they, you know, they smashed that on the front just so people the ones, get oh, the ones yeah, with the promotional stickers the, uh, in the front. It is canon. Yeah, it is canon after all. <laughs> yeah, the ones with the stickers in the front saying, "Buy this, idiots." Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm aware that. of the movie. So, have a guess. How many people did uh, Jean Rambo murderize in that film? If I were to try and guess off the top of my head, I, I seem to remember having seen these figures in the past somewhere, right? For Rambo, uh, sorry, for First Blood, I just... <laughs> oh, you what? Sorry, what, what film's that? What film? Uh, it was First Blood. First Blood, yeah, that's not Rambo, because, you know, Rambo's the fourth one, isn't it? All right, we've had that joke. have it again. First Blood, then Rambo First Blood Part 2, and then Rambo 3 or whatever the fuck it's called. Third third Blood. Blood. (laughs) Rambo. Blood the Third. The Third Bloodening. Yeah. Um, The Thirdening. Yeah, sorry, I I think it escalates somewhere in the region of, like, it's like 70-ish, or like 68 or 70 and then it goes up to like 150 or 130 or something. And then by the third one in Afghanistan, I think it's like three 300. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, I'm just talking about um, confirmed Rambo kills. No, I'm talking about the body count of the entire movie. Okay, but I'm just asking you as a question, yeah. and you've, you've completely moved away from my question with your inane rambling is how many people in First Blood did Rambo kill? Yeah, I told you that I thought in the first movie it was around 68, 70, 75-ish. Can I shock you? It was 130. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lower. Lower. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. You could just guess well, more numbers. <laughs> Uh, like 10? Lower. Hmm. One? Yeah. One confirmed kill. Hmm. So this okay. is basically when he throws the rock at the helicopter. I mean, you could say that that's pilot error <laughs> as well. <laughs> he should have evaded the flying rock. Well, yeah. Well, the the helicopter tips and the dude falls out of the helicopter. So A, he should have been holding on. B, yeah. you know, he should have had better you know, helicopter control. I mean, what is he, an amateur? So it's only one in the first Rambo film? Uh-huh, that he kills, yeah. And one in the whole film in general as well. People get, okay. people get like, hurt and injured, but one on-screen murdering. Rambo uh, First I... Blood Part 2, he kills, and this is the important thing, is he kills 74 people. Three, he only ups it a little bit at 84, and then... In the final Rambo film, he's chilling out a little bit. Just the 81. 
So I'm seeing different figures from you because I've just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Dead silence. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue. I mean, you know. the numbers I've got are numbers of bad guys killed by Rambo, no matter how he's attired, because it does break it down into whether or not he is wearing a shirt. But no matter what clothes he's got on, it's one for First Blood, 58 for First Blood Part 2, 78 right. for Rambo 3, and 83 for Rambo. But here's the other interesting okay. bit. Is, uh, I mean, interesting, sure. It depends what you're into. Um, but the total number of people killed, whether it's by Rambo or other people, right? Uh-huh. So total number of people killed in the first one is only one. Okay. Yeah. Total number of people in Rambo First Blood Part Two, sixty-nine. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was meaning. Uh, Rambo yeah, it's Three. Funny. It's one hundred and thirty-two. Okay. And Rambo Four, or sorry, just Rambo from two thousand eight. Rambo. Yeah. It's two hundred and thirty-six. <laughs> wow. There's a great bit in Rambo Four where basically he's on a fifty cal gun. Now, uh, fifty cal. That's a big bullet that's meant to go through a vehicle, okay? Yeah, and he's just shredding humans with it. Well, he, he basically jumps into like a, a Jeep-style vehicle and turns the fifty cal on its, on its driver at point-blank range and, and basically turns him into jam. Yeah, It's, it's a, horrific, but it's also There's amazing. a picture of the back of the van where like, there's basically an arm and an upper part of a torso hanging over the wheel arch while he shoots people. Yeah. Um, that's the one that's famously been turned into one of the... Um, when the guns are removed, it's just thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey! Um, that's the noise he makes if he wasn't shooting people and he was just thumbs upping with that face. Okay, so, so I'm just going to quickly move on to Liam Neeson, a man... <laughs> who in his later years has become, you know, a little bit more of a, a killer uh, with his, you know, with his leather jacket, because he's obviously got his leather jacket on. Um, and that yeah. makes him makes him more of a more, more of a killer. And I suppose he's also been killing a few wolves as well, hasn't he? He was going through, sure. he was going through a period where he was... In the grey. Yeah, he's killing wolves. Um, so in, in Taken, the, the body count in Taken overall is 35. Okay. And in the Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> the line, the witch in the wardrobe, the body count is overall, not just by Liam Neeson as the lion, is 86. Wow, that's quite high. Yeah, he only kills the one person. So he's a little bit, he's a little bit like Rambo in that. He's, you know, he's just the one, the one important confirmed kill. I can't remember if that's helicopter slash rock based. Possibly. But yeah, in he's the, line, the witch in the wardrobe. Yeah, his uh, his taken films are are his most his most killy of them all. Sure, I can I can imagine. I've just in fact I don't have to. I watched one of them again last weekend because I fell asleep the first time. Oh, so you actually took two attempts to watch Taken Three? I did. Yeah, Taken Three times two. <laughs> Is is there a bit? I mean, I seem to remember in the trailer. There's a bit where someone skids across like a runway as a plane's about to take off, and it and it fully just takes off the landing wheel, off the front yeah. of a. It does that. Yeah. I don't know how that, that works. Happens. I'd I'd just say that would wreck the car. Possibly, but it's quite a light aircraft, and um, this is an entire Porsche. So. <laughs> right. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it would wreck the car badly. I'm sure, but I'm also pretty sure that the. 
I think the type of aircraft it was, I don't think it would survive that impact because Neeson is driving it at quite a pace. I mean, he's got he's yeah. got the foot down. Has he got, got music on? <laughs> yeah, it just cuts back in and he's listening to elevator music. Uh, he's like, oh, you're not listening to because oh, because when when I was on my speed awareness course, um, the comedy duo uh, speed awareness instructors um, were basically sort of asking people asking the room like. Um, so what 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 are the sorts of things that would uh that would make you speed and people are like oh um you, you're late for something or you, you're angry and they're like yeah yeah what else and then someone went oh, listening to a lot of fast music and his and and one of the instructor's idea of of like fast music in the car was bat out of hell by meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay and what age what so, age was this instructor uh he, he was he looked very much like he was coming up to retirement and and this speed awareness course may have been one last job <laughs> kind, and, kind of sim- similar with Liam Neeson then yeah so uh he's he's gunning it and he's got the boot in heading towards Doug Ray Scott who's basically playing the same role as he did in that uh mission what, what nationality is Doug Ray Scott Scottish and is he one of yeah, the again he's playing an American like right. uh Neeson or like uh uh, our favourite. Well, Neeson's Neeson's not Scottish. Just no, no, but he's another Brit playing an American. Okay, is <laughs> is all I'm getting at, right? Okay. Uh, and um, yeah, he just launches off the wheel. But I imagine, like, when they cut back and forth into the car, he just get elevator music on, and he, I don't know, maybe he's leaving notes himself. Bing! I must buy my daughter another enormous teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, what she Gotta did. Gotta try and protect my family a little bit better. Because by that by that point his wife is dead and his wife is not Gal Gadot. No. So anyway, should we move on? Yeah. I've got I've got one body count fact. What what is the top deadliest on screen movie by on screen kills? Uh, I I believe it, it's uh, is you, it you've researched it. Yeah, well, it depends on now. This depends on what you're researching, where the numbers are coming from. But from bodycount.com, which I wish would like update their website because it's a really valuable resource and i think that you know <laughs> i think they should um this is a plea out to them to you know get back on it it's a good website and more could be done with it don't waste the opportunity it's return of the king the extended edition yes that's what i've got here uh, the numbers i've got are 836 dead yeah bloody bless got? their souls but also there is a there is another number out there which is sixty thousand odd, which is like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where like all these pilots die in a in a big crash. But again, like my kind you, of, I've already you said, said that at the start though. That's out. Yeah, that's out. But yeah, so it's return too implied. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say is that if they would keep it up to date, maybe we would see some of the more recent Mel Gibson films. I can see here We Were Soldiers is on there with 305. It's about yeah. 10th place or something like that. Now, Gibson is quite into on-screen death. He likes killing yeah. a lot of people on screen. Um, I imagine as a website, it's a massive undertaking. I mean, our website isn't a big undertaking, but even that is... Uh, you know, is an uphill battle. Uh, so I can yeah. imagine having to watch every film and, and update it with the body counts is um, somewhat of a... Onerous task. Yeah, one that you'd probably wish you'd never have started, so... 
regardless we're starting, so we're just gonna going have to, to contact keep them. doing these episodes every week so uh yeah so there's body counts so we'll start being able to now we'll start being able to feed that data into the 4x deep dive were yeah. there any others that you wanted to cover no live scores live score how are you live score i'm fine thank you live score out of 10 live score Probably like a four. How are you at the moment, Ian? What's your life score? It's good, Ollie. I'm, I'm actually doing okay, but it was a seven. Um, the reasons for that are plentiful. Right? Okay. So right now, start of a planning bit in work, and it's well stressy. I've had two days at the start of the week where I've been in pretty late. You've been doing long hours as well. Yeah. But it's just one of them. Got to get some stuff done. Got to get sorted. But... The bigger part of it was um, I had a bit of a weekend mare. Right. Now, you're aware of at least part of the weekend mare that I had. Yes. But before any of that began, and I'll get to that, but before any of that began, I had this idea in my mind last last week. I basically had two realities that ran concurrently next to one another. Right. In one of the realities, I was chatting to... Uh, Mandy, your girlfriend, and your friend Ryan in a chat with some other people. Okay. Um, about how I was going to go to Coventry that weekend. Yeah. In an in an alternate reality, somewhere else in my head, I kept thinking about how that weekend I was going to chill out and read some books and not really do that much, and how it was amazing to have a full weekend <laughs> to myself. And I went all the way yeah. from Monday to Friday thinking that both things were going to happen at the weekend. And then the reality right. dawned on me on Thursday night when I had to pack my bag to come to Coventry. That was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm in Coventry this weekend. And um, <laughs> it came as a real shocker, even though yeah. it was no shock at all. It was just like, oh, mate, that chilled weekend's not happening. It's um, not on the cards so anymore. Anyway, came to Coventry for your to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. Uh, Which a whole I am week very after your birthday. For. Yeah, I mean, you were really kicking the arse out of having a birthday. You had pretty much like nine different outings for it or something. <laughs> but yeah, that's not to say we didn't have a good time. It was good. Yeah, but uh, during the course of the evening, after having a lovely curry, um, yeah, I basically had my card eaten by a machine. Yeah, and rise of the machines. Well, yeah, essentially it was the beginning of Skynet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, basically, it, on on the night of the occurrence, I was actually not that fast. I was just like, fine, I'll have to beg, borrow, and steal money. But then by the next day, it was a real inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially given that I went to bed about 9 a.m. Okay. And had a train, train at 1 o'clock. Yeah. And w- woke up at 5 to 1 yeah. And ran to the train station and I ran past it and you had to come and pick me up. <laughs> yeah. I basically and you, also ruined, like, you also basically, like, I, at that point, I'd carved out an hour to basically, um, while Mandy was going to have a look at a car, to sit and play a bit of, uh, bit of PlayStation for an hour. Like, just carve that time out. <laughs> so that was gone. <laughs> that was gone. Okay. So that's, that's a little, um, insight into what Ollie's life score might be. Yeah. Um, that's a teaser. Yeah. Um but yeah, basically had no sleep, ran sweatingly towards the um, <laughs> sweatingly. <laughs> sweating bullets, sweatily. Um yeah. 
um, and then got there, realised that there wasn't there, and I was about ten minutes past the um, train station, and you had to come and pick me up. I had to have the depressing realisation that Ollie Johnson was the only person that could get me out of this mess. Yeah, and I had to give you the call, and yeah, you came along, and you obliged. But that's because you owe, owe me money for podcast-based stuff, anyway. So that's yeah, fine. but I, anyway. and also because I'm a you know I'm a stand-up individual. <laughs> You know, I don't know why. I don't know why I find that so funny. Um, anyway, people listening to the podcast are going to be thinking, "Hey, that's a that's a nice mate thing to do. That's a nice friend thing to do." I'm going to li- keep listening to this podcast so I can support nice people, even if the other one is slightly aggressive. I think, like some people would assume that a close um, friend or um, associate would probably just do that. <laughs> Yeah, we are purely business associates. <laughs> Close fr- friend slash associate. <laughs> yeah. Um, we barely know each other. <laughs> in that way. Um, yeah. So the other thing was that my laptop was totally off yesterday and I just crapped myself. I was like, okay, I've not got a card, can't buy buy anything. And then I got home. I have to write a pub quiz for this Friday right. for work. Okay. Um and I got home and was like, right, I'm going to write all these questions tonight. My laptop wouldn't come on for an hour and a half. But anyway, I worked out what the problem was. It's all fixed. Here's where I am right now, Ollie. Okay. I've got my new bank card already. So that's all okay. good. I've got my laptop working. Okay. I've just booked a trip to Florida for wow. June. For so a you'll be up to um, it. So in June, you'll be at a 10 if you go to Disneyland with my kids. I won't go to Disneyland. I'll be going to a wedding in a kilt in... Point blank near the sun temperatures. Okay. Um, in in a tweed kilt, but yeah. I mean, I'm gonna ride that out. But I'm riding a bit of a high. I'm planning some travel bits. Maybe even go back to Stockholm, and uh, yeah, just all good. So I'm saying, go and hassle friend point... of the uh, well associate of the podcast, Peter Cater again. Is he not a friend? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, friend we're, slash associate. We're just we're just calling ourselves associates from now on. Okay. Our okay. podcast associate. So what? What are you at? Cater. What are you at? I'm gonna say eight point five. Okay. Yeah. Some ups, some downs. Okay. Pretty good overall. Cool. What about you? Nine point five. You've got th- you've got three three minutes for yours. Nine point five. Okay. Great birthday. Go on, tell me why. Um, uh, just a whole a whole bunch of nice surprises from Mandy. Uh, you know, it was nice that. There was uh, a lot of one of the surprises was you, which, <laughs> you know, which was uh, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about that. But it, we had a great night out in Coventry. Uh, it was really. <laughs> Mandy good. said to you, Ollie, here's your podcast associate, Ian Smith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we just shook hands in a business-like fashion uh, and, and worked out contracts and things. But um, so, uh, a friend of the. Uh, associates of the podcast uh ryan came out and also tim who you heard talking about american pie reunion a few weeks ago uh was out we saw uh some live irish music because it was st patrick's day and then on saturday i had a nice relaxing day completely just chilled out went for a little walk that was besides coming to pick me up and deliver me at the train station. And losing a bit of time doing leisurely activities. Uh, so yeah. Sunday was the half marathon. Um, so I was a little bit nervous, woke up quite early, 
little bit nervous, a little bit fat. A little bit nervous, a little bit fat, yeah. Um, <laughs> but did did well. I did it in one hour, 57 minutes and 39 seconds. And I wanted to get into two hours, so I'm quite happy with that. But I, I'm, I'm definitely... You absolutely uh, missed universe it. I didn't do too badly. I was quite happy with it. But miles seven to eight were basically like a new level of hell for me. Because basically the first half of the Coventry Half Marathon is pretty much all uphill. So you're powering through it because you've got the energy. You you know, your overnight oats are doing the trick. You've had an espresso. Uh, you've had plenty of water. Um, and, and you're powering through it. And then about, yeah, about mile seven to eight, it's still going uphill. And uh, and it just becomes tiresome. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like the physical, basically like the one thing I found is the, and, and, our, and our friend Lewis is doing a marathon in a, about a month or two's time and to think about actually sort of continuing on after 13.1 miles to do 26 miles I mean that was on the fly maths there it just the mental battles I was having with myself just to keep the steady pace going was yeah it wasn't pleasant but I did have some good music on the go and about uh, 10 jelly babies kicked in all at once and I managed to power myself through to the end in a a time I was happy with. What was the first thing you did after you finished? Did you get one of those um, like survivor bags? Like so I got a those... bag with a medal. Um, yeah. I I fought back a couple of tears because it was quite emotional. Um, okay. Saw Mandy, um, and then we went for a Starbucks, had a coconut latte, <laughs> a cinnamon bun, <laughs> and uh, watched watched people walk by for a little bit, and then went home. Uh, played a bit of GTA 5 Mandy had her first go on it and uh, she ended her run by having her own head run over by her own car which was quite quite amusing yeah that's the uh, Brian Harvey method yeah the Brian Harvey method and so film related went to see uh, Get Out last night uh, the Jordan yeah Jordan Peele film and yeah it's amazing it is amazing like I'm not one for horror films like I used to like them a lot when I was younger. I'd always used to get my mum to write me a note so I could go and like rent out Return of the Living Dead Part 2 or something like that, or House or something like that. And I'd, you know, can he have this? I want to watch it, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd watch horrors all the time. But recently, I've, I've kind of gone off the boil with them a little bit. I wouldn't say that this was like an out-and-out horror, as in it wasn't like a... The like, director didn't really say it was supposed to really be a horror, as mm- far as I know. But, no, but it's marketed like one. Yes, you know I, mean? I think that's the thing. Is like it's marketed differently to the plan. They're, they're smashing like insidious and stuff like that all over the posters. So it, it's definitely got its links in there. I felt like there was a couple of jump scares in there that maybe were added for the studio. Like they probably said, we need a couple of uh, jump scares in there, and because they were they were a little bit like okay, jump scares, but. Um, it was just really good. I think I think you'd really like it. It was like it was funny, but like the atmosphere, the dread. I know it sounds like wanky, but like the artistry of it all was just really like really good. Like it all looked amazing. The acting was fantastic. And there's a guy in it. There's an actor called Stephen Root, and you've probably seen him in a few things. But he's normally he's he's normally dead campy and like normally like a bit of an over actor. But like in this, again, like I was a bit worried when I saw him because he's normally a little bit of a, you know, hamming everything up. But again, he was just like 
really good. I loved it. It just kept me guessing all the way through to the end. And like, it was really unsettling, really unnerving. Can't recommend it enough. Like, I was absolutely buzzing when I left the cinema watching it. So uh, one thing I would say is uh, you're allowed to talk about things like artistry, Ollie. Like yeah, but not to you because you will you, you like will laugh film. at me. No, because you will. <laughs> I can do it with most people, but you know, with you, with you, you'll say something. I know, but yeah, it was. No, it was why really, would I? I don't it's know. a film-based podcast. You're allowed to describe films okay. in a way that make people understand what you liked about yeah. them. So no, I, I did fill, really enjoy it. I did. I did. Like I really enjoy it. it. It like lingered with me for quite a while after. Sure. There's a lot of subtext in there, and obviously it's it's comes with a lot of social commentary. But very very top level is is like a really good psychological uh, film. And I'd say, Thriller. yeah, and I'd say like I've been trying to think about what I'm gonna say. It's like I think it's gonna be one of these films like where it it becomes an anchor point or like it becomes like a a reference point rather than something that you can go oh well get out is like you know this that and the other i i, I think it's it's the the closest things i can kind of liken it to would be like the sort of atmosphere of something like the wicker man but with do you maybe mean like um no i'm not drawing a direct comparison between these films but hear out the analogy right okay. so the way the way that the way that blair witch project came out and as an anchor point to everything that then became the found footage movies that came after it, this film could now spawn a number of other films that kind of go about uh, the same social issues in a similar way. I guess so, yeah. Maybe like how sort of Scream may have done that whole meta thing. Maybe, you know, this could sort of like sort of force horror or these sort of psychological dramas to be a lot more like socially aware and, and have like, you know, much better stories, much better characters as well. Cause like the one thing it did make me feel was that actually split was a bag of shite. Yeah. I and mean, split, split looked shit to me anyway, but I haven't seen it. So I yeah. But I think this, this film put it in perspective that actually like, yeah, split was pretty crap because I loved you, get out you, all the way through. You loved Split. You I no, I I I was about to leave Split thinking this is a five six out of ten, and then like the last five minutes went changed my mind a bit. But rethinking it all, a film can't be pretty crap for like ninety minutes and then have like one one scene and then it's like redeemed. Redeemed. But yeah. like Get Out was I can't pick a fault with it. Um, okay, so you've covered that quite comprehensively over the course of about seven minutes. So I think we should maybe come back and talk about it when I've got something to say about it. Okay. Because I will go and see it. But you're, yeah, I'm, you're a, I'm a 9.5. In, in summary, I can't in summary be you're a, a 9.5, but you're saying add Get Out to people's watch list. To three percent Yeah. And I would say that I can't be a 10 because I'm not at Disney and that would break the podcast. So I've been at a ten without being at Disney, but that was Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Um great. Let's dive deep. Okay. Didn't they swallow an insight analysis? I hope that information wasn't false. So this is the deep dive. We're getting on board James Cameron's Farty Submersible one more time. Yeah. And And it uh, literally is his now because uh you know 
we will be talking about him so he can come in as well and he can let off you just ruined that <laughs> <laughs> let's hear your version Let's go back in time. I mean, and... you just basically butted in to think about what you might say about the Farnese <laughs> Marisimbol and then slowly get out something about James Cameron. Sure. John, <laughs> you, you can carry on with what you were saying. Oh. This is alternative timeline. Just... Anyway, fine. Okay, so we're getting on board James Cameron's Farnese Marisimbol one more time. This time, we're boarding it alongside... James Cameron's multiple-time companion on the film set, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hey. Uh, it's going to be a real tight squeeze in there. Yeah. And uh, there may be may even be some confusion about who's speaking the most like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, that's all I was going to do. I mean, that's my version of getting in the fart of submersible Ollie. Okay, so um, listeners can... Slightly more can... succinct than your version. Well, listeners can write into us at uh, www.guysonfilm.co.uk forward slash contact. contact. And you tell us. Uh, You're cutting you your bit out. That's, that's what's going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, I don't know we're going to go through the early movies of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I don't know why we've not done this earlier, but I think it's almost because the subject of Arnold Schwarzenegger is... So large. So so physically large yeah. and expansive, but it's also it feels like sacred ground. It feels yeah, like something it's very... that we need to do properly. But instead of doing it properly, we've taken about twenty minutes on life scores and we're gonna try and slam in as little information as possible into twenty three or twenty two minutes on Arnold Schwarzenegger. But let's just see how this goes. Yeah. Do you know what his nicknames are according to IMDB? <laughs> let's just the get Austrian. into the meat of this. The Austrian Oak? Yep. Um, what else? Arnold Strong? No, no, that's that's that, that's not that's we'll, be, we'll be coming we'll be coming to that. Um but that's no, alias, so the Austrian Oak. Obviously yep. Arnie is a nickname. Yep. Conan the Republican. The governator. The governator. Yeah. Sure. Uh, there's a there's a few more, but Go on, tell there's us. the machine, the machine, mm, okay, and the yeah. and the running man and yeah Conan the governor and all that kind of stuff. So, but um, but his real name, do you know do you know what his his middle name is? Can you pronounce it? Um, no, I can't, and I don't remember. I mean, I've read an unauthorized biography of him, but I do not know his middle name. <laughs> it's Arnold Aloy Schwarzenegger. Aloy? But I mean it's A L O I S. Now, is that is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I'm not very good with Austrian or Austrian names if it is an Austrian name. And if and if I have pronounced it incorrectly, then sincere apologies to uh the whole of that, that place. So, what's your what's your earliest memory of Arnold? Arnold, um, Terminator. It's just Terminator. 
It's just first thing I saw was when I was uh, when I was nine or something, and I watched it far too young. I think far too young should maybe be a, a section on our website, or yeah. at least a seg- no, segment. No, hold on a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, we are not no. having a section on our website called Far Too Young. It, uh, it, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, this is a really bad idea. <laughs> I I had not thought about that. <laughs> Maybe we can come up with some new creative for that. Yeah, um, it is a new tagline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have to take that back to the drawing board. But anyway, I watched Terminator Two Young um, when I was basically waiting for my mum to finish work when I was about nine. Okay. And uh, I had access to a TV in like a sort of um, common room area in a yeah. place that she worked. And one of the videotapes was um, Terminator. I started watching it of my own volition. Yeah. And then she she was sort of like busy when we were leaving, and I was like, "Oh, mum, can I take the tape that um, <laughs> that I've been watching? I've not finished it yet." And she's like, "Oh yeah, fine, hurry up." And I just kind of yeah. took it, and she didn't see what it was. Right. Um, and then I remember watching the rest at home, and I mean, it is it was really scary. Um, and I yeah. think I was kind of hooked on whoever that guy was. Yes. Um, after that point, but I didn't know who he was. Uh, but he's impressive to see. And I yeah. think the next thing I remember was um, my sister bought me a Terminator 2 toy at some point as well. Wow. Um, yeah, when I was pretty young. Probably, I, in fact, I think I got the toy for Terminator 2 before I ever saw Terminator 1. Right. Um, okay. But there, there you go. Those are the well, earliest my, my, earliest, my earliest memory of, of Arnie was uh, taking... Oh, so I was going to back to the video shop because, Ian, I was born in a time where we we had shops um, that we would rent videos out from and you'd have to physically go there, look at what they've got. And if somebody had also wanted that and had got there before you, you'd have you to... You couldn't ch- have it. You couldn't have it. You'd have to come back another day. I mean, I, I do actually remember when Terminator 2 came out and basically getting down the the video shop like a couple of weeks before it was coming out and putting my well we basically put our name down on the list to have it and we yeah. got it first oh really we got we got terminator 2 first on vhs and it was it was a big moment you just is that, don't... is that kind of like uh what the guy in the shop said to you though like like he's like, oh, you know, you're the first ones to get it, and, and well, yeah, like, because oh, it was on mate, nice one. Well, no, because it was on, it was on the, you know, when I say f- we were the first, so the very day it came out on VHS, we right. had it in the house to watch. So, you know, right. whether whether he may, he may have had five copies in, but all those five copies would have been, you know, you wouldn't have been able to get one of those if you hadn't like put your name down for it. Uh, this wasn't this wasn't Blockbuster where they had like you know 30 of them in this was you know a local shop local video shop um you know i mean i remember that stuff as well ollie yeah i'm just saying i'm just saying so but but my first memory was um taking commando back to the video shop with my uncle um and he didn't like it he didn't like it he said it was he actually said it was macho nonsense (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I've always remembered I've always remembered that basically he said it was macho nonsense, but I think he'd probably quite like it now for some reason. Um, but at well, the time, I, I reckon I'd get on quite nonsense. well with your uncle. You like Commando though. 
No, I know I do like Commando, but I'm sure that's kind of aged like a fine wine. Whereas I think maybe your uncle and I would go and watch something like um, Kong Skull Island and be like, "That's just garbage." Maybe. That's that's unmemorable action nonsense. I still remember it, but uh, so basically, yeah, that, that <laughs> was, was last the first week. time. But I so <laughs> I still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember. It's like le- less than seven full days ago, and you're like, I still remember. <laughs> oh, well, I'll keep updating you all on whoever's going to be listening week on week. I'll be updating you on if I still remember Kong Skull Island. <laughs> so, you can keep asking me, and I'll still remember it. Uh, By so virtue of the fact that you're remembering it every week, it keeps you remembering it until at one point your brain just breaks, and you're like, hold on, I don't remember it? it. And. That's a sad, sad day for the podcast. So, getting back onto Arnold. So, the the first time that I saw him, and I think what you said was was good. Basically, you were impressed by that man in that film, and that you wanted to see more. Well, I hadn't obviously seen Commando, but obviously, seeing him on the video on the VHS cover as John Matrix, looking like Arnie with the logo, with, you know, just how cool that, like, VHS looked, I was, like, thinking, I really want to watch that film. That looks... <coughs> that How can you be slating this? This looks amazing. Um, but, yeah, the first time I did actually see an Arnie film was, as well, uh, Terminator 1. And, yeah, and yeah it, it quickly became a bit of an obsession. Like, you know, I'd watch it quite heavily, watch it quite a lot, um, and we've, uh, no, sorry, Terminator One. It wasn't. Oh, it yeah, wasn't until okay. quite a few years later I'd, I actually finally got around to seeing Commando. Um, sure. I think I'd actually seen Running Man and uh, and Predator before I saw before I saw Commando. But yeah, he. I think the one the one thing that is striking about Arnie is there is literally nobody else like him. Yeah, and that's and that's why I think he he's a bit of a cult favorite, but also he's like well mainstream as well but there is literally nobody else like can i just hit you with an inspirational quote i've got quite a few of these this is something he said when people said we never want to look like you i replied don't worry you never will (laughs) there's nobody quite like him that's the thing nobody nobody was ever in the movies at that time that looked like he did yeah exactly weirdo he was a freak massive so Last year, for the very first time, I watched Pumping Guyan for the very first time. And this is on your recommendation. I, I don't know why I hadn't watched it before, but I mean, this is technically the the sort of first time that, you know, Arnie had been in a, it's not a film, I guess it's a documentary, but it it's sort of the first time that he was brought to everybody's attention as a Mr. Universe uh, guy. And it was... It was amazing, and the thing is, his you watch you watch Arnie in Pumping Iron, and he's an absolute jerk. Like, there's no two ways about it. If you were in competition with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you You'd would hate him. It. You'd hate yeah. him. He was yeah. just he was like like absolutely trolling uh, all the other competitors day in yeah. day out, and he, but just yeah. so good at it as well. 
the breakfast with Luferigno is a an yeah. exercise in psychological psychological psychology and mind games. Yeah. Um, just the way he sort of berates him and his father, and whilst like looking them stone cold in the face and smiling at them, like at, at, at like basically less than an arm's length away, yeah. but then just absolutely taking the piss out of them openly while smiling and laughing about it. Um, did a lot to basically, I think, break Luferino before like the big yeah, and it's day. it's the same sort of thing that like Muhammad Ali and you know more recently someone like Conor McGregor might do in the weeks running up to a big fight is that the the psychological battle gets won before they you know before they even like land a blow or whatever. But with Arnold, obviously, you know it it was all won way before. Uh, he even flexed one one muscle on stage. He'd, he'd broken pretty much everybody else. Uh, but yeah. yeah, add it through your watch list. If you haven't seen it, Pumping Iron, um, it's a great insight into kind of <laughs> how much of a dick he was, but also just how like motivated he is as well. And you can see kind of, I mean, he's he's basically come from like a, you know, a, a tiny town in Austria. Um, oh. Yeah, so he's come from like a really small town in Austria and, you know, obviously kind of what a life, you know, what a what a bloke. <laughs> what an bloke. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, he's from a tiny town called Thal um, where they have um, turned his old family home into a um, Arnold Schwarzenegger museum now. I feel like there should be a pilgrimage. Yeah, I think we should go. I'm up for it. Yeah. Um, one more inspirational quote. My body is like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't think about it. I just have it. <laughs> there you go. It's nice. I wouldn't say that's inspirational. I mean, it's no, just I don't a feel. In, I don't feel inspired. Uh, so, did you know? Um, so he he won um, a Golden Globe Award. Did you know this? No. So this is for best acting debut in a motion picture uh, for a film called Stay Hungry uh, in yep. 1976 with Jeff Bridges. And also, so he's actually, so basically he is playing a, like a bodybuilder. Yeah. So he's playing. I've, a, I've seen little bits of this. It looks really good. I think it actually looks pretty good. I think we good. should check it out. Yeah. So it does look really good. Like it don't, it, it certainly don't look crap. Uh, but So he's playing a bodybuilder and one of the clips that I saw, so his, the guy that um, oils him up pre-show is actually Robert England. Freddy yeah, Kruger. Robert England's in it, along with Sally Field and Jeff Bridges. But like, Robert England looks amazing in it. Like, I think, what? I think, he's, he's been gypped by, by being, by being Freddy Krueger. <laughs> he, he, he just looks like a great actor as well. It's great that he's obviously been Freddy Krueger, but actually kind of wish wish he'd have done a little bit more than right. just than just kind of like creepy men. Creepy men. He's been typecast into horror, basically. I think he should reply, reprise his role as uh, Euler Man. <laughs> Oilman. Um, <laughs> yeah, Oilman. The other thing about Stay Hungry is that after uh, our Scottish films chat last week about um, Local Hero, yeah. it basically seems like Local Hero with muscles, um, yeah. where some company are trying to take over a local area and the last place that they need to buy is the gym 
That's the premise yeah. of the movie. Right. And then they throw they throw Jeff Bridges in with all the the muscle heads. Yeah. And, and he's getting um, ribbed for being a pussy. Hey, you're such a pussy. Look at your stupid hair. <laughs> yeah. And um but then he ends up liking everybody there, much like in Local Hero. Yeah. And and having a growing bond with all of them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'd quite like to check it out. What else yeah. have we got? Um so his I guess his first sort of big headlining role but as Arnold Strong yeah Hercules goes bananas <laughs> um no I thought it was Hercules in New York yeah it is but it was it was also had a, a working title of Hercules goes bananas <laughs> I think which were... I think I think that's probably more saleable to be honest yeah look it it looks shit I've seen clips from it many times, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. The thing is, like, and this is going back to VHS because we're in we're in the, you know, we're in the early years of Arnold here. So, um, the, the poster, old. the poster, the VHS cover for um, Hercules Goes Bananas, aka Hercules in New York, is amazing. It looks like a film you'd want to watch. But then you turn the cover over and look at the screenshots, and you're like, "Yeah, the oh, artwork. Man. The artwork cost more than the film. It looked terrible." <laughs> uh, yeah, Hercules in New York with um, it's tremendous, it's stupendous, it's fun. Yeah, filmed and... entirely in New York. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the 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 taglines are brilliant. That was one of them. Um, so another one is boys, girls. It's big fun. <laughs> it's big fun. Sure. It's big fun. It's big fun in the Big Apple. Certainly yep. big fun in someone's Big Apple. Um, and uh, okay. see him. So see him topple two ton newspaper rolls. See him toss tough men like toothpicks. I mean, what a tagline! Tough men like toothpicks. Yeah, that yeah. is good actually. Maybe yeah. I'll use that for some time. The movie with muscle. But it, it does just look terrible. And like I think it's I think it is one of these ones. Anyone who says they like it is basically like it's it's a so good, it's bad kind of thing. There's no He has a fight with a bear in a park. And it's it's yeah, I mean it is basically like supposed to be a real bear escape from a zoo. But it's, you know, just a man in a in a bear suit. Yeah, I mean, I think but, like they're trading blows. They... <laughs> they're standing up like trading blows, and it's <laughs> it's highly ridiculous. I think people that say that they like it are just basically trying to be too Arnold Schwarzenegger hipster. I think that's something similar to like Basket yeah. Case, where like the the watching of it is so like like dragged out and delayed and you're just like god i mean there's not even really anything funny to this really that it's just painful to watch mm. and i i'd probably i mean i've always watched clips of it and gone you know what i'd rather just re-watch terminator one one more time <laughs> yeah get get more out of liking that yeah than um watching hercules in new york especially when you um, get to the tech noir sequence am i right yes you've got me burning <laughs> um okay um, Bonan the Barbarian. Bonan 
the Caribbean. No, so I did. I did actually. So when I was having a little research, um, there is actually a porno, a pornographic oh, okay. movie, a skin flick called Bone and the Barbarian. <laughs> ah, you're talking about a blue movie. Yeah. So how blue? You know, we're we're talking bone ons. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know how how blue it is. But um, one thing about Conan the Barbarian, I mean, it, it's a visually very striking film, and he's he's great in it, and it's a perfect role for him. But like, I think it's his best film for Yags. Yep. Like you can, yeah, you can watch that film and the the speech dubbing on it is fantastic. He's having fights with people. You watch any fight in that film, and it's just this constant noise of yeah, it's absolutely incredible. You could have done the uh, lip syncing for it, um, mate. They haven't even bothered to try lip syncing it. That's you know, it, they really haven't. They've just, um, yeah. They've just, just got him in the studio, yeah. Yeah, they've got him in there and they said, just do do some of that yard. And, you know, his lips aren't moving, but the sounds are coming out. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Which is kind of true when he actually speaks as well, but, you know. Um, what did you reckon to the Conan films, anyway? I've only seen the first one. Um, I haven't seen Conan the Destroyer. So there's Conan the Barbarian and... Conan the Destroyer, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think the second one, from what I've seen, looks a, doesn't look half as half as decent. Um, yeah, I mean, so I yeah, it's like massively dated. One, I think by the second one, Dina De Laurentiis had said like we should family this up and yeah. make it less violent. I think. Yeah, because um, it's nice and it's even by today's standards, I still think it's pretty brutal and bloody. Like it, it's quite violent. Yeah, what about by the standards of uh, Lord of the Rings, eight hundred and six deaths? But this more graphic. It's, sure. It's okay. blood. It's bloodier. It's it's more brutal. I mean, you know, Lord of the Rings. They're you know they're they're killing them, but they're you know it's a left, it's, right, and center. They don't mean anything. Yeah, they don't mean anything. But these all the ones in Conan are, you know, people are bleeding. You know, they're being decapitated. I, Their heads are rolling downstairs. I just kind of think overall the Conan films is a bit like I remember watching them when they were on ITV with my dad on a Saturday night maybe and yeah. um, just thinking that they dragged out a hell of a lot longer than I really wanted them to. I wanted them to stop having like the long drawn out chatting bits and, yeah. and this is literally Around like fireplaces and st- or fires and stuff yeah. Yeah campfires with like you know where shall we go tomorrow and like you know what the next step in their pilgrimage towards basically all I cared about was the next battle like when right. is that going to appear when the baddies going to turn up and um, I think it's watching films like that that probably influenced like Michael Bay into like okay let's limit the chatting nonsense and just get <laughs> to the bullshit action but I think it was more about like actually making the chatting scenes about something of consequence and I think in Conan the Barbarian like you kind of really don't care what the hell's going on you're just like sure um, let's have him get the big sword out and kill someone. Um, do you want some, anyway, talking I, about big things, do you want some big facts? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, he wasn't wearing a wig in Conan. That was his real hair. 
Okay, that's good to know. I need you to confirm these. That's quite. Yeah, these are all true. I'm not. I'm not playing tricks. No, no, no tricks, mate. No Um, tricks. I mean, it's. I mean, that's quite surprising. That's a. That's a lot of effort for that here. So okay, the fake. The fake blood in the film um, was like a concentrate, which they had to mix down into water. But because it was cold, they kind of needed to use like a an antifreeze substance. So they used vodka. So when they had like bloody mouths, for example, and they're supposed to spit it out, they would, they'd, they'd neck it back and then they'd go back to, then they'd go back to the special effects man for a a little bit more of a, that tasty, nice blood, thinking blood. Give me another little snifter. I need more. And uh, so Um, I've got one, one more fact for you on uh, Conan the Barbarian. So Conan. Yeah, Conan. So Oliver Stone asked Ridley Scott, who was fresh off Alien at the time, to direct, and he declined. What did he, say? he said, "Nah, mate, <laughs> don't think so." <laughs> uh, just off sci-fi, not doing fantasy. Yeah, I'm um, better than this. So there's a, there are a couple of contemporary points to make about that. Uh, that basically uh, Ridley Scott's now being potentially lined up to get a Gladiator Two sandals, swords and sandals flick off the ground with Russell Crowe, probably in the afterlife as Maximus Meridius or whatever. Is that is that the one that's supposed to be written by Nick Cave? Um, potentially taking the same script forward. Yeah, I don't know whether or not he would continue to work on it, but yeah, something to do with that. And the second thing, just while we're in the realms of uh, the right now, are that as of today, Arnold Schwarzenegger has been told by Paramount Movies that no, no, you will not be back because they have pulled the plug on potential sequels in the line of Terminator movies that have gone along the um, time pathway chronological narrative of Genesis. Um, and that's even though they made pretty healthy profits from it, they just have decided that they're not into the idea anymore. And I mean, he is almost seventy, so. Well, he is still lined up to play Conan again in King Conan, or King Conan possible? Skull Island. <laughs> King Nan. King Nan, yeah. King of the Garlic Nan. Yeah. Uh, King yeah. Nan, basically the the Lord of all Nans, Grands. Yeah. Yeah, um, full of lovely coconut, raisin, and honey. Uh, yeah, so he's still lined up to play that, and and I think that'd be fine because he he's aged nicely for that for that role, you know. Because obviously, like Hyper-run. like Train Spotting too. Yeah, you know the time period is realistic, so it makes sense. Whereas if you're a robot, you know. You don't really want to age. Sorry. I know. We're, I know. We're, we're we're pretty much rounding out on um, Anani in in these kind of early years for now. And I, I know we want to talk about Terminator uh, and Terminator Two a little bit more in depth in the next one. But I've just got to bring up one thing that it it it's bugging me, and it happened in Genesis, uh, Terminator Genesis, and it's also happened in the trailer for um, Ghost in the Shell. Now, so you've got, you've got your robots, you've got your cyborgs, right? And they're full yeah. of little motors and servos and moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit in 
um, in Genesis where like he tries to smile, like he does like a has a go at a smiling, yeah. and he does it, and then it, his face makes this like kind of servo Mode motor noise. sound like that, but it never ever does it at any other time throughout the whole film. Yeah. And, like, you never hear his fingers, his arms, his legs or anything. But when he does this one little smile, you hear it. And this, and I was watching the trailer for, um, for Ghost in the Shell, and exactly the same thing happens. Just because there's, like, a scene where she's doing an expression with her face, all of a sudden you can hear all the inner workings of her face. As, as opposed to an expression with her arm. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is like, for me... Ollie, I look, get your point. It's no I, different. I do, I do think no... the sound designers are probably being told by somebody, oh, you're going to have to emphasise no, that with a better sound. But listen, for me, it's no different from the massively beeping watch in Commando, where it's <laughs> beeping, con- it, it always beeps, but only when you look at it. Right, I know, but like, I think that sound designers for the likes of the uh, grinning look in Genesis, like, they're not doing that out of choice. Yeah, they are. Are they? They're doing that through gritted teeth, surely. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> through know. Arnold's gritted teeth. Yeah, probably. But I'm that, just saying, that, it's, that was it's, good. It's becoming a little bit of a bugbear of mine. I mean, let's go back to Terminator One. Do you remember the servo sounds in that? Yeah, but when he's when he's got all his his skin ripped off him, and he's sure, but I mean sheathed. Yeah, when he's pulling the like bits in his arm and he's fixing his arm. Yeah, that's okay because you can sort of see it. You can see it then. It's a contextualized sound. Are you are you saying that you can only hear the sounds of motorized um, mechanical movement in a robot when the skin is off it? Yeah, because the skin is obviously some sort of like soundproof skin from the future. <laughs> okay, so soundproof skin is probably where we should end this. Yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of the skin of this topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, we really need to do a deeper dive on Arnold. Maybe we just do like a an Arnold top 10 or something like that so that we just get rid of the Seggy one and we just put a whole hour into Arnold. What, for next for the next one? Well, for any for any soda, it doesn't well, have to I, be the I next think, one. I think this has just been a, a taster of Arnold. Yeah. You've just managed to so, taste just the tip. Mmm. Give me a little taste. I'm going to need so, more. Yeah. So maybe next time we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll maybe delve a little bit into because uh, we've spoken about Commando a lot uh, in the past, so maybe we we can delve a little bit into Terminator One and Two, and then we can do a we can do a rundown. Sure, something like that. I mean, I yeah. kind of let's feel not like discuss it. Look, it's pointless discussing it when you know when people could just you know listen to the next one. Yeah, uh, can I can I talk to you offline about how I disagree about that plan? Okay, uh, if, people would, <laughs> if uh, people would like to get in touch with us, they should go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash guysonfilm. Uh, they can also get in touch by going to the Guys on Film website, which is guysonfilm.co.uk forward slash contact to send us a message. But have a look at all the other stuff on there that we don't keep up to date. 
we're also if anyone wants to apply for the job of web admin Wedabman. Wedabman. He's a guy that comes to weddings and does setups. <laughs> okay, so your groom's going to come in from there. The bride's always already going to be there. You know. <laughs> no pain, no gain. Uh, the groom's going to be there. The boy with the rings is going to be here. <laughs> um, doing crunches um, while they bring in the cake. Um yeah, sorry, so go to the website, check out what we're not keeping up to date, but uh, also check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at GOF Podcast. And that's it. Would anyone like a sticker? Well, if they'd like a sticker, they have to get 